0: Chat. They ask good questions in there. I don't know about the ladies' chat. The ladies might have be asking questions. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> they probably ask a lot of questions. But God, we just ask you come and breathe upon the word this morning. That we'll just grab something that applies to us that we may outlive it and outwork it in our everyday life, and the damages we break. Amen. So the past two weeks we've been going over our voice of what. Oh man, has anyone been here for the last two weeks? We've been going over what? Our voice of faith. Oh, cool. You need faith to say faith, okay? Are you ready? Our voice of faith. Um, Faith is not blind, but faith can see. We learned that on the first week with Abraham when he took his Isaac up onto the mountain. He could see something ahead of him. He didn't know exactly what it was. But he just knew that Isaac would either be raised from the dead or God will offer a sacrifice. That faith isn't based on what you can see, but in whom you trust. Sometimes our, our sight can detour us, but some, sometimes the things in front of us, God just wants to say, hey, can you look above it? Can you come up to the mountaintop and just look above it? Because if you can see above the problem... You'll see that there's an end result. You may not know what it is, but you'll see it in faith. That our voice of faith is not just words, but of action. That's what we're talking about. That we're not just, oh yeah, we believe Jesus. Our church believes Jesus, but we outwork Jesus in our workplace, in our, in our schools, wherever we may be. And that lastly, last week, our voice requires us to step out, walk out and keep our eyes on Jesus. Are we all right this morning? I don't know if you're writing notes from the last two weeks, but I hope you are writing notes. Last week was step out, walk out, and keep our eyes on Jesus. And so for the next two weeks, this week and next week, we'll be discovering what our voice of hope looks like and how we outwork hope. Has everyone heard the word hope before? Raise your hands if you have heard the word hope. Cool. But do we know what hope actually means? Hopefully, (laughs) like people, we use hope in in a church environment, but really don't understand what hope really means. How do we outwork hope? Biblical hope and the world's hope is similar, but completely different. (laughs) Sorry, it's similar, but completely different. When the world speaks of hope, it's around wishful thinking. I hope I get that job. I hope I get better. I hope I win the lotto. If you win the lotto, great. (laughs) But I hope, I hope, I hope, and it's all wishful things. And the word wishful means to want something to be true or showing a belief that something will happen though it's not likely to happen. Wishful. And sadly, the church has adopted the same mentality of hope. When people come up for prayer on a Sunday, they, they pray, pray for somebody. And by faith, we should believe and outwork that healing. But we have wishful thinking that we'll get healed. Are we all right? Yeah. Hope in the Bible is not a mere wish as used today. Because if it's a wish, it implies doubt. The world's hope implies doubt. Our hope is founded our hope is secure. But if we get mixed up with the world's hope, you'll notice that you're not secure, that you're not founded. True hope is confidently expecting that something will happen and waiting patiently with, with joy and pleasure. So we like let's say that we're, we, we're hoping to the day that Christ will come. We're hoping with joy, And pleasure, not fear. The only reason why you would fear of the second coming is because your hope is not founded in him. But if your hope is founded in him, you count it a joy and pleasure of what to hope for. The difference between the world's hope and true hope is our faith. We talked about faith for the last two weeks. See, we can't have hope without faith. I want to say that again. We can't have hope without faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, we've talked about it in the last two weeks. And it says this, so we can see it together. Hebrews 11.1. 1. It's coming, okay? Now, faith is the substance of things what? hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, the word substance, as we learned in the last two weeks, is a placing under a substructure or foundation. So substance is a foundation of things hoped for. So faith is the foundation or the substance of hope. So we can't have hope without faith. Faith without hope. But the thing that binds them together, which we'll learn in, in like three two weeks' time, is love. Because love binds hope and faith together. But we can't bind... Love with hope and faith if we don't understand faith and hope. Are we all right this morning? And that's why I came to keep saying this, that Jesus is the difference. The world's hope and our hope, the big difference is Jesus. You you might think, oh, but I need a theological reason. I need an ABC. No, the ABC is Jesus. You want to know the alphabet in the Bible? Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. That's all you need. Hello? Hello? Jesus is all we need. The disciples knew it, but they still like fell short always. They were like, Oh, you're wonderful. And then like, how do you do that? Because they were always questioned because he's a man, but they didn't understand that he was God. But we get to understand because we got this. This is your weapon. Use it more often. Are we right this morning? Use it more often. I know like we like using, um, like electronics. But for some reason, a Bible in my hand just feels so more secure <laughs> than my phone. Because when I when I read the Bible from my phone, it goes like this. Like it literally drops on me all the time when I try to read my word. <laughs> so if you have one of these, great. If you don't, that's so fine. You can use a, use your laptop, whatever. Okay. So faith, um, Jesus is the difference. So faith in Jesus anchors our hope. We haven't even got to the first point yet. So faith in Jesus anchors our hope. Our hope, like our hope, isn't a way out of challenges and reality. Let me say that again. Our hope isn't a way out of challenges and reality. The fact is that you're going to go through challenges. That's the reality. Our hope doesn't take that away, but our hope will gear us up because it's founded in Jesus. The reason why we stand firm, because our hope is anchored in Him. So it doesn't, it doesn't disqualify the challenges, it doesn't disqualify the reality that we may be facing, but we can go through it because our hope is founded. Which comes to my first point if you're writing notes. Hope is a person. Hope. As a person, you may be asking, what do you mean hope as a person? The reason why I can say that hills in Z, we don't, we don't, we don't, we, our hope is not wishful, our hope is in a person. So Psalm 71-5, this is what I want to bring out from this point. It says, for you are my hope, O Lord God, you, you are my trust from my youth. Let me say that again. For you are my hope, O Lord God, you are my trust from my youth. Psalm 71 was written by an elderly man. I was trying to figure out who wrote it. Um, and I was looking back on on the Hebrew or Greek, one of them, I can't remember. Um, and I was trying to look at who wrote it, but I couldn't say who wrote Psalm 71. All it said was an elderly man. That's all I could find. An um, elderly man who put his hope in Jesus and trust in God his whole life. So it says that he, you are my trust from my youth. So he had a relationship with our maker. Are we right? Enemies were coming against him. This is what he's talking about. Enemies were coming against him, but he anchored his hope in God. Because he goes, he, enemies were coming against, and he says, for you are my hope. It didn't take the reality of what he was facing, enemies coming against him, but because of his relationship with God, he could say, God, you are my hope. Are we all right? What does that look like today? Like for us, we must build a relationship with Jesus. For us to say, For you are my hope. To say that, there must be intimacy between me and the maker. How can we say my hope if we don't even know him? Because it's wishful. The church today has a lot of wishful hope and not founded hope in the one who created heaven and earth. Are we all right? Building a relationship with Jesus takes time and it takes two. It may sound simple. But building a relationship with Jesus takes time, and it takes two people, you and God. Oh, but I thought the pastor was involved. I thought the church was involved. I thought the leadership was involved. No, no. Building a relationship with God is you and him. When we come together like this on a Sunday morning, we outwork that relationship by the way we serve one another, by the way we have conversation with one another. We outwork the relationship from Monday to Saturday. Sunday's not the time to build a relationship because there's not enough time. Because relation takes t- relationship takes time and it takes two. You and God. See, the thing is, when I was thinking about it, Christ did most of the work. Christ did most of the work and all he needs from us is to draw to him and he will draw near to us. If you draw to him, he will draw near to you. It's not a maybe, it's not wishful. It's real. If we spend time in this, in the word of God, if we spend time seeking his presence, he will come to your aid. In Psalm 71, this elderly man didn't accidentally accidentally put his hope in God. It was out of relationship. Can we go to Psalm 71? For you are my hope. O Lord God, you are my trust. From my youth, his whole life was based around God, and we have the opportunity to adjust ourselves to the true hope who was Jesus. We have the opportunity. See, back in those days, they didn't have Genesis to Revelation where they could read from. They didn't have, they didn't have the stories of Jesus and the disciples who mucked up but gave us hope. We have that. They didn't have anything. They only had stories. That's how that's how the Bible was um, talk, talked about in the Old Testament was through stories, through generations. But how do you, how many of you know that it's like Chinese whispers? Things change. This elderly man, his reality was people get, coming against him. He didn't didn't deny that being true, but he had hope. He had hope he had a relationship with Jesus, and the thing is, church, we need to know who hope is. We need to know. Don't worry about the neighbour. Oh my, my wife needs more hope than me. My my kids need more hope than me. Let me tell you, there's equal, there's equalness in the uh, in, in the kingdom of God. We all need to know hope. Doesn't matter how long you've been in the God, in, in, in the Lord. Doesn't matter how many years you've been in church. That, that's nothing. We need to know who hope is. Hope is Jesus. This might hurt somebody. Apologize. We have too many church believers and not enough Christ believers. Let me say that again. We have too many church believers and not enough Christ believers. What do I mean? People put more faith in a Sunday service, connect groups, and every other thing that the church does. Though these things are important and part of our journey, but true hope is in Jesus. We have more people knowing what the church is up to than what God is up to. I'm sorry if I hurt you this morning, but that's the truth. That Because the only reason why I know that's true, because I've seen it and I've done it, is that I knew what the church was up to Monday to Sunday, but I had no clue what God wanted me to do. Because Christianity has become more about church things in the Christ things. Are we right? And the only way we as individuals and as a people can learn to know what God is up to is by having what? A relationship. Because relationship becomes communication. Do you think God just communicates one way or this goes both ways? If I communicate with him, he will commu- communicate with me. When I communicate with my wife, she'll communicate with me. The moment that I stop communicating with her is the moment she will stop communicating with me. Relationship takes time and it takes two. When we build a relationship with Jesus, we in turn become more like him who is our hope who is hope, which then automatically influence those around us with hope. So we want to be a voice of hope, then spend time with Jesus and build a relationship with hope so that hope can be within us and hope will um, come out automatically, that you don't have to push out hope. Hope just comes out of you and oozes out of you because of relationship. People are trying to be Christian, trying to be saved. Stop trying. Just be. Stop trying to be faith. Stop trying to be hope. Just be faith, be hope, and outwork it. As you do, it just oozes. When I think about Jesus, when Jesus gave hope to the disciples, even though he always said, "You a little faith," or "Why, uh, why, why do you doubt?" or um, "Get behind me, Satan!" Like you know those conversations that Jesus had. Those all those people like pick on them. The disciples being dumb because they were dumb, but they still spent time with Jesus. That gives us hope that you can be dumb and still spend time with Jesus. I'm in that category that even when I mess up and I'm dumb and I'm being stupid, God has the time to say, hey, get in, (laughs) follow me. When I look at the disciples, I see hope. They had physical contact with Jesus, the living God, and we have all this. We have each other. And we choose to put more faith in church than in Christ who the one who saved us. When I think about the times I lost hope in God, it wasn't because of God, but it was me not really having hope in him. I put it like this. The reason why I didn't have hope in God because I stopped building a relationship. Have you ever noticed when you stop building a relationship with somebody, you stop communicating and just like things that you would depend on them before, you won't now because there's no relationship. The same thing will happen between you and God. Even though God is still there, he's waiting. He's just waiting so that when you draw near to him, (laughs) he'll draw near to you. But if we're not drawing near to him, how do you expect him to draw near to us? And I was thinking about my whole life, man. I was like, sorry, God, for like thinking that you should draw near to me. But never, ever did I step out to trust you. Never, ever did I just step out, walk out and keep my eyes on you. You may be thinking like uh, John, John three sixteen. I was thinking John three sixteen when I was thinking about this. And we know the scripture for God to love the world that He gave His own only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's the great scripture. This is this is Jesus died on the cross, and you know like He loved the world. He gave His only Son. But do you think Jesus died and rose again for us just because? Like He just died, rose again, conquered death. Just because. Or was there more a more reason? Like, Was there more than that? He didn't just die, rose again, and give us the Holy Spirit just because. He died for us, not to only have eternal life, but for us to have relationship with him. That's how much he means to us. How how much he means to you. How much he means to me. That he would give his only son to die for you and I so that we can have relationship. Are we all right? We need to have relationship. It's not in my notes, but I was thinking um, there's something about knowing God and knowing God. Pasadena wrote it to me about Jacinda. We all know Jacinda, but we don't know Jacinda. We know God, but we don't know God. John 4 talks about it. With the Samaritan woman and Christ says to her you don't know who you're worshiping you worship this mountain where your fathers and ancestors worship but he's saying and then he goes on to say he's like no longer will you worship God on this mountain on this mountain but he's searching for those who worship him in spirit and truth to have intimacy and relationship with him we need to not know God but know God you know what I'm saying? Is that confusing? Like we need to know God, not just know God. <laughs> that sounds so weird. <laughs> it's not good enough just to know God from a storyline. Cause you know when I, if, if we talk to our kids, um, they're still building a relationship with God and they'll know the stories. You know the, the children's church stories? A lot of the people who have been brought up in church know the children, children's stories, but they don't know the story. We don't want to have a church full of people who know stories but know not know God. And for us to know God, we must what? Build a relationship. A relationship. It sounds so simple, but why is it so hard? Is it because we can't see it? Like physically we can't see it? Hence the reason where faith comes in. Because faith will see beyond what's in the natural. That we'll see when every time, like when me and Jamaica went to Christchurch this week, we went to Christchurch and it looked so beautiful. So, like, cold was nice. She hated the cold. I loved the cold. Um, but when I was looking at the, uh, the cathedral, the um, down Cathedral Square, the one that got torn down from the earthquake, I was looking at it and I was looking around everything around it, and I was like, "Wow, God, you're so beautiful." In the physical, it's just a building and a tree. But faith faith sees beyond the cathedral and the tree. Faith sees creation at Genesis 1. Genesis 1 is not like a made-up story. It's how this came into being. And if we can look and see the trees and go, God, that's your beauty. He said it was good. But to us, oh, it's a tree. because out of relationship, we can see a tree that's more than a tree, but we see it as God, you're faithful. When we see a rainbow, we can see there's a covenant made right there. Do you get excited when there's a rainbow? Like, does that remind you of Noah and the flood and that how God promised he will never do that again? That's a promise. There's a covenant right there. But to everybody else, oh, it's a rainbow. Beautiful. But to us, that's more than a rainbow because faith sees. God said he will never flood this earth again. Which comes to this point, this last point, which is hope needs to point to Jesus. So hope is a person, but because we're going to be carriers of hope, that hope needs to point to Jesus. I say this, people don't deny Jesus, they deny a Jesus we display. Let me say that again. People don't deny Jesus, they deny a Jesus we display. I'm going to say that again. People deny, don't deny Jesus. They deny Jesus we display. The hope we talk about and the hope, world's hope has a point of difference, and that is Jesus. One reason why the people in our communities don't want the hope the church gives is because it's no different to the world. I'm not bagging on the church. The church is his bride. The church is everything. But he's not going to come back to a wrinkly, spotted bride. He's coming back for a perfect bride. We have too many spots and wrinkles. The hope the church gives to the communities is not pointing to him. When I'm saying the church, I'm not saying like a specific church. I'm just saying as a whole. Man, 12 people changed the world and we got over thousands of churches and still not making a difference. But through 12 made a big difference. I think the church can offer way more. I think I can offer way more. Do you reckon you can offer way more? People don't deny Jesus. They deny Jesus we display. I like it in Matthew 5, 16. It says this. I think we got it up there. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let me say that again so you can get it. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see So that everyone will praise who? Your heavenly father. Not praise Hills NZ. Not praise your name. Your name. My name. But praise who? Our heavenly father. That our hope, even though it's expressed for all to see, doesn't point inwardly, but points up. That's why I'm saying hope needs to point to Jesus. Because a lot of the hope the church gives points back to a building back to a program, back, back to like the religious way of doing things. Because imagine, we said it this morning, imagine if we stripped all this away, would you still come to church? Had no no band? Nothing. Let's go back old school style, back with the apostles. <laughs> Strip all this away. Would we still come to church if this was all gone? Because church has become more of about a, a, a performance, about all this, but not the true hope, who is Jesus. That's why I'm saying hope the world's hope and our hope is similar but far apart. Because Jesus is the difference. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So we need to shine our hope. We need to shine faith. We need to shine the goodness of God and show people. But in that showing, we point it back to him. Yes, he uses you. Yes, he will use you in a different way in your workplace, in your home, and wherever you may be working right now. He will use you in that place to shine. But through that shining, you shine the brightest to him. Shine, 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 shine. There's this, there's this passing over like, God, I'm only here because of you. Let's shine it back to you. Let's give it back to you. I was thinking about Revelation 4 talks about how they were worshipping God around the throne. And there were, there were kings around the throne, and they had nothing else to offer but their crowns. They gave the very thing that made them kings and gave it back to the one who gave it to them. Even in God's presence, they laid down the very thing that who they are. Imagine if we can get a people, a people, the body of Christ, if we all shine the good deeds of God out to the world, show hope, but point it back to him. What the difference will make? The church won't be filled with people who just come into church, but it'll be filled with people who want to just give back to God. Are we all right this morning? We need to let our voice of hope shine out for all to see, but it's to see Jesus. Hills, hills and Zed, this building's important. I'm not saying that it's not important. I'm not saying connect group's not important. I'm not saying that music's not important. It's all important. Of course it is. But if it's not pointing to Jesus, then it's not important. <laughs> I want to say this really slowly this next time. It's not our job to make sure people receive hope. But as a church, we are to voice hope that points to Jesus. I want to say that slowly again. It's not our job to make sure people receive hope. It's not our job to try save people. You might be going, oh, but I'm here. are we here to keep people safe? Yes, you are. But the person who changes hearts is not man, but is God. Our job is to only, hey, here it is. This is God. This is Jesus. This, he wants to have a relationship with you. But it's not our job to say, you must receive this hope. Are we all right? But we are to continue, continue voicing hope so that it points back to Jesus so that people can make a decision and say, yes, I want to give my life to this hope. Not because of you, because you're imperfect, but to a person who is perfect, who loves me so much unconditionally, who will not do anything wrong to me. Jesus, because let me tell you, this front row here and myself and every leader in this house will disappoint you along the way, 100%, that's a guaranteed, it's not a, it's not a, if it will happen or when it will happen, it's it's just going to happen, but Jesus will never disappoint you if you have a relationship with him, but we need to step out, walk out and keep our eyes on Jesus, we can't change people's hearts. But God can. For those who are trying to like bring Christ within their family, it's not your job to change their heart, to swerve them. All you can do is send the invite. I I know you've probably experienced it before. I've experienced where we just badger and badger and badger Christ. That people will hate Christ by the end of our conversation because we just keep badgering about them. But imagine if we just keep sending the invite. Just say, hey, we've got something on this week. It'd be great to see you there. And they don't come. Sweet as. It's not our job to do that. Our job is to, hey, it's to sow the seed. Let's sow the seed. Let's sow the seed. Send the invite. So next week, like, I sent it to all the teams um, yesterday. Guys, send an invite to somebody. You don't know what an invite will do to somebody, but we must send the invite so people can see hope. We can't change people's hearts. But God can. And see, the thing is, we believe that God has given us a voice of hope and the impact it can make can not only transform this church, us here, but I believe it will transform our communities and nations. The voice of hope that this church carries is not just for this building and the people in it, but it's for a community, a community, it's for a community and it's for a nation That's crying out for real hope. Not hope that is wishful, but hope that is secure. We're not wishful Christians. We're not wishful. We believe what the word says, and that's our hope. We're like, yep, the word says it, so I believe it. So it doesn't matter what comes my way, I'm founded. We're founded. But I want to give us an opportunity this morning. You know, for anybody who like, man, I've been wavering and I haven't really put in my hope in God. I haven't actually spent time with him. And I think I need to adjust my life so that he can be my true hope. I don't want us to be a people who points to a church. It's great that we have people here. It's great that you're here. And it's great when new people come here. But imagine if we can point people to Jesus, how much more of an impact and influence we can make on our nation, that we don't be dependent on the service on a Sunday, we don't get dependent on the person who's preaching, but we're dependent on the one who gives us breath each and every day, that the living word is not just on a